I'm standing outside of Buddies and Bad Times Theater, and I'm standing with someone who I don't know in real life, but obviously they're a friend in the dream. I've never seen them before in real life. And um, we're chatting away or whatever, and I remember looking up and seeing the moon, except the moon was huge. It was impossibly large, and it was daylight out. And um, I remember thinking in that moment that something was very, very wrong. And I knew something bad was going to happen somehow, instinctually. So I turned to this person I'm with, and I'm kind of started to freak out. Like, listen, we got to get out of here because something bad's going to happen, and I can't explain it, but it's just going to happen. And they were, you know, not into it at all and kind of brushed it off. So I guess I was, I was really panicked. Um, and I run to down the street to some other people that I don't know at all, just like who are just walking down the street and I'm trying to warn them something's happening, we gotta get out of here. And right as I'm talking to them, a stampede of animals, of all different kinds of animals, rush by us, led by a lion. And it's, it's insane. It's like the stampede from Jumanji um, with like all these different animals. And they just are, you know, destroying everything, destroying buildings and they also were impossibly large, but anyway, so that goes by and, you know, we're absolutely bewildered. And so I like run to this bush and I'm hiding in the bush waiting for the stampede to finish because it's really long. And then finally it does and there's like one hound dog just like walking really slowly following the rest of them. Kind of. I think it's like very similar to the movie Jumanji. And, um... And so, you know, we're totally, I'm totally freaked out at this point. And so I run to another theater and this theater is the theater center, except it's not where it's located. And it's, it's not the same place at all. And at this point I'm terrified and just trying to get out of Toronto, I guess. I, I knew that I needed to get out in general. And um, so I remember going up to the theater center building and the doors are locked, but I'm like banging on the doors, trying to get help. And this woman comes through the door and she's maybe in her 50s and she's very calm and very pleasant. She opens the door for me and I explain what's happened and she believes me. And she's like, yeah, I know, I know something's going on. Um, come follow me and I'll, and I'll help you. And she's very, very calm. And so she brings me into the, the, the theater center, which is once again, a different building and there's no one there. And it's, it's peaceful and it's calm. And it was a really big space. And I remember like looking up and feeling really calm. And she brings me um, slowly. She's not rushing at all, even though she knew something was wrong. She brings me upstairs, and I remember looking in all these, you know, offices. There's no one there. Everything's fine. And she brings us out back, um, out a door at the back, and there's a giant, like, huge river with a huge black battleship. <laughs> um, and she says, you know, get on this, and this will bring you somewhere where you're safe. And so I do. I thank her, and I get on, and... Um, I'm only on the ship for like seconds before I notice that in the water, these other ships are coming up from below the water. 
and they start firing and attacking our battleship and our battleship starts to sink so quickly. And before I know it, I'm in the water and the water is, you know, it's, it's not calm at all. It's crazy. And I'm swimming, I'm swimming and there's people screaming. And I remember just swimming for my life, not knowing where I was going or trying to get to. And then all of a sudden, as I'm swimming, swimming, I look down and there's this baby under the water, um, just this naked baby under the water, kind of like drowning. And so I remember grabbing it by the leg and kind of trying to save it, but I'm also going under myself. And, um, and that, at that point in the dream, my point of view changes to the baby. Um, and I'm the baby underneath the water and uh, I see myself and I have, I notice that I have blue eyes and that's the end of the dream. I recorded um, notes on this dream and I think it was, it was September, mid-September of 2020, six months or so into the pandemic. And um, I had lost both my, I'd lost all income, both jobs. I mean, I still don't, <laughs> don't have either job. Um, so at this point, I guess it was, I was having a, a rough go at it, of it. And I was really freaked out by COVID. So I really think that that has um, everything to do with this crazy anxiety dream. It also strikes me as like kind of funny at times. Like I mean, a stampede of random animals and like a little basset hound tagging along at the end. It's like kind of comedic, but also really hectic and weird. Cause I don't have a lot of dreams that are outlandish. This one really stuck out to me because it was so silly, but also really scary at the same time. I, at this point, was at my childhood home, my mom's place, um, and I had gone back there because someone very close to me uh, had gotten COVID, and uh, I got really freaked out, like very freaked out, and luckily I, I didn't get it. But I was, I don't want to say irrationally afraid of COVID because it's very rational to be afraid of it, but I was very, uh, very shook by the whole experience and so I was back home with my mom and I think that's where the Jumanji which was a movie that I absolutely loved as a kid and still do and um, Battleship and those things come into it it kind of I think that's uh makes sense because I was at home I know this is Maybe irrational, but I don't know. Maybe it's not because it's such a low percentage, I guess, of people who actually die from it. But I got insanely worried that I would get it and die. Or worse, even worse, that I would pass it along to my family members and they would die. That's like, That was truly my, my number one fear. It was insane. And I realized, I recognized that like at that time it was not... Um, I definitely wasn't in a healthy place. I, I've never been that anxious in my whole life. I don't know what having OCD is like, but it was, I mean, maybe, maybe akin to that. It was a constant 
fear, constant thinking about it, knowing it was the, the, the chance of that happening was low, but still being so scared of it. I think before this time, uh, getting to know myself better in the pandemic from being fully unemployed for a year, before this time, I um, it was a very I was a very anxious person. Maybe st I still am. I just don't have the outside like pressure of job and whatever. But I was um, a very anxious person. The kind of anxious where you lay in bed at night and and kind of can't get to sleep for a pretty long time because you're thinking about everything, things that are you know are so insignificant. Like oh shit, I said something to this person. I wonder if they think, you know, they probably think I said it this way and that kind of anxiety. <laughs> I think that when I became the baby, <laughs> such dream talk, but when I became the baby, I think that uh, it's a good indication of how I was feeling. Like so unable to do anything for myself at that time, unable to rescue myself and feeling like like, I just probably wanted to be taken care of because I did not know how to take care of myself, like, mentally at that time. I don't know what the blue eyes mean. It's the first thing I wrote down in my notes app. So, obviously, when I had that dream, it was, it stuck out to me. I have brown eyes. I do not have blue eyes. I don't know what that's about. I've never had blue eye envy. I like my brown eyes. I don't know what that's about. I see a strong through line of, like, losing my job within the dream. I mean, the fact that I'm running from theater to theater is pretty clear. <laughs> it's pretty theater nerdish. I found it really hard, as most actors, obviously, at that time. Um, I had a gig lined up that I was pretty excited for, and I was going to be out of town, and I love traveling out of town for my work. Um, and I was getting to work with someone who was a friend who I really liked. I was so excited and that was just gone in an instant through an email, gone. And then it, everything being shut down and, and at that point, six months in, or however many months in, um, it was looking like, you know, I was hearing rumors, oh, there's not gonna be any theater for another year or another year and a half. And um, that was really scary because uh, you know, how am I, it's not just a job, this sounds, this sounds, I don't know, artsy fartsy, but it's not just a job, it's like also uh, my creative outlet. It's also something like that makes me really, really happy and that I care so deeply about. And, and the thought that that was going to be lost for maybe a year was pretty, it was, it was really devastating. I feel better now. I feel better mentally, way better mentally. I'm not so scared of COVID, obviously, you know, enough scared to be obviously wearing a mask and <laughs> never letting anyone into my home. But mentally, I feel better. And as far as my work, I've learned that I am not my job. I think I've talked to a lot of actors who, who um, kind of went through this during this time. It's been actually really nice um, in the long run to be away from acting because I've learned that 
there are other things about me and my personality that are me. Like acting is, uh, I think before this, I really attributed like, you know, when anyone asks me about myself, it's like, oh, I'm an actor. That's my whole thing. That's my life. That's who I am. But it's not, it's not. There's so many other things. And I think that this time has given me, I've, I've just had so much time to find other things I really love just as much. And that's really exciting. Dream Logic is made by me, Elias Campbell, and Sean Sutherland, with producer Victoria Hoare. Original score in this episode by Andy Trithart. Cover art by Stephen McLaughlin. Special thanks to this week's guest, Carolyn. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at DreamLogicShow. If you have a dream you'd like to share, email us at dreamlogicpod at gmail.com. If you want to support the podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share the show with a friend. You can also make a donation via our website, dreamlogicpodcast.com, which will help us continue to make the show. Thanks for listening.